Do you know what it feels like to lose hope? About a month ago, uh, my uncle started to have some chest pains, and uh, he went into the hospital and found that he had had a heart attack, but that was just the beginning of his complications. Very soon after that, his kidneys began to fail, his lungs weren't working properly, they immediately put him on dialysis and, and life support. And over the next few weeks, it was kind of back and forth. One day would be two steps forward and then one step back. The next day would be one step forward, two steps back. But that baseline was just not moving. And earlier this week, this past week, uh, doctors told my aunt and my cousins that there really wasn't much more that they could do, that there was really no hope. And so they had to make the very, very difficult decision to take him off life support this past Monday. And within just a few hours, he was gone. This past Saturday, my brother, who is 40 years old, who six years ago had a heart and double lung transplant, he, he, start to ha he started to have some, some breathing issues. And so he immediately went to the ER and they immediately admitted him into the hospital. And he went down quickly. He went downhill very, very quickly. They put him into a medically induced coma so that the machines could do the breathing for him. And at about 4 a.m. on Sunday morning, they called my sister-in-law and said, do you want to come to the hospital and say goodbye? I don't tell you these stories so that you feel sorry for me. I tell you these stories so that you can know that you're not alone to know that you're not the only one who knows what it feels like to lose hope. And you know what that feels like, don't you? If it's dealing with the grief of someone that you love that's gone, or being under the weight of a financial burden that you feel like, I just don't know how I'm going to get out of this. Or if it's dealing with the life-altering, life-changing cancer treatments day after day after day. Or if it's the loss of hope that a relationship just can't be fixed. Or watching a grandchild or a child make life decisions that is putting their eternity in jeopardy. Or maybe it's losing hope of, of finding that perfect husband or wife, or, or if God will ever bless your marriage with children. Whatever it is for you, you know better than anyone what it feels like to lose hope in your life. And today, God in his word wants to assure you that there can be hope in those hopeless situations and where you can find that hope. God's word that we're looking at this morning is from Ezekiel chapter 37. It's the first lesson appointed for this fifth Sunday in Lent. And I'm going to read that for you. It's printed out on pages four and five of the service folder. Ezekiel writes, The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. 
Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and, so, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, my people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you, and you will live, and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done it, declares the Lord. By this point, when Ezekiel is a prophet to God's people, uh, already decades before the northern kingdom of Israel has been just desolated by the kingdom of Assyria. And the southern kingdom of Judah has seen this happen. They've seen what God will do to his people if they do not repent, if they don't, do not turn from their wicked ways and live. But yet here, hundreds of years, about 140 years later after that, in the time of Ezekiel, that same judgment came upon that southern kingdom of Judah. And by this point, when we pick up here in Ezekiel 37, that, that destruction has already happened. Their homes have been destroyed. Their family members have been killed. Many have been taken off into exile. And their hope is gone. The people of Israel are saying, our bones are dried up and our hope is gone and we are cut off. You know, there are many people in this world, and, and, and maybe even some people in your life, that, that maybe are at the same point, who have given up on God because they feel that God has given up on them. Right? If there really is a loving God, why would he allow a virus like this to, to come into our world, to, to devastate so many people? If God is really loving and kind and caring, why would he let us go through such suffering and difficulty in our lives? If God is so good and really cares about his own people, why would he let me suffer and let the people I love suffer and go through such difficulty? Right? Without saying it, what are people like this saying? My bones are dried up. And my hope is gone. But maybe, maybe you felt this way too, even as a Christian. Right? Even as someone who, who should know better. 
You've experienced these same feelings and thoughts. When you think about how you have been faithful to God, right, and how you go to church and you're in His Word and you give your offerings and you pray, but yet still, God allows burdens to come into your life. Financial struggles, sickness and death. Right? These things that continue to weigh on you day after day after day. And what's the feeling you have without saying it? My bones are dried up. And I feel like my hope is gone. I mean, friends, does God care? Is God really there? Does God even know what we're really going through? In this section from Ezekiel, God came to the prophet Ezekiel in this difficult time for his people when Israel felt like their bones were dried up and they had no hope. And he asks Ezekiel, in this valley of bones, can these bones live? And Ezekiel answers with, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Dear friends, can these bones live? Do you have hope that God can bring life where there's death, where he can bring peace where there's none, where he can bring hope into hopeless situations? Martha didn't seem to. We heard in our gospel lesson where Jesus gives her this speech about how he is the resurrection and the life and whoever believes in him will never die. But yet when Jesus says, remove that stone from the entrance, she says, Lord, there's an odor. It's been four days already since he died. These bones are dried up. Our hope is gone. Are you standing in Martha's place? Are you feeling the same way that hope is gone? These bones are dried up. That there's nothing more that can be done. The situation is too hopeless that it's too far gone, that there's really nothing anyone can do anymore, that I have failed. I've failed to do enough. i failed God. i failed people in my life. Do you feel like hope is gone in your life? And it's in those hopeless situations It's really in those times of seeming dead ends to us that Jesus really extends an invitation. An invitation to come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Or as he said to Lazarus, come out. Here in our lesson from Ezekiel 37, Ezekiel standing in this valley of dry bones, and the, the Lord asks him, Ezekiel, do you think these bones can live? And, and Ezekiel says, Lord, only you know. And then he gives Ezekiel a lesson to share with his people on what God can do so that they would know him and know his power and his love. In that valley of dry bones, God says to Ezekiel, prophesy to them. Literally, it means to preach to these bones that are dry And what will happen is that they will come together and that 
life will be breathed into them once again and they will be made alive. This hopeless situation will be filled with hope again. And that's exactly what Ezekiel did. He did exactly what the Lord told him to do. He preached to those bones. And those bones came together, bone to bone, and on them became tendons and flesh. But yet there was still not life in them. And so he said, prophesy to the breath. Preach that that breath of life would come into them. And that's exactly what Ezekiel did. And there, those bodies came alive again. And they stood up on their feet, a vast army. And then the Lord told Ezekiel what this means. That my people right now, they're without hope. They're saying our bones are dried up, our hope is gone, and we are cut off. But see what God will do for his people. He says that I will open up your graves. I will bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel You, my people, will then know that I am the Lord, that I will put my spirit in you and you will live and you will settle in your own land and you will know that I am God and that I can do what I say that I can do and that I have not forgotten my people. It's in this hopeless situation that God says there is still hope. And did God do this for his people? Yes, he did. He brought his people back to life and he brought them back to that land he promised and he kept those promises that he had made to them and he brought life and peace and hope where there seemed to be none. Dear friends, can God do this for you? Can God come into seemingly hopeless situations in your life and bring hope and life and peace? Does God care enough? Does God even know what you're really going through? You know, Jesus, before he came into flesh as the Son of God, inspired words for the psalmist to write in Psalm 22. Words that he would come true and would be fulfilled in him, in his life. And this is what Psalm 22 says. This is, this is the words of the Son of God, of our Savior, Jesus. He says, My strength is dried up. Dogs have surrounded me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. And I can count all my bones. Your friends, does God know what you're going through? Does God know the pain and the suffering that you have in your life? Does he know the sadness? Does he know what it feels like to be cut off? From hope. He sure does. Because at a cross, where his hands and feet were pierced for you, he was cut off from his heavenly Father. It seemed like all hope was gone, where everything was dried up, where there was nothing left but death. And he experienced that so that you would never have to know what it is to be absolutely hopeless. So that you would never be cut off from the love and the mercy and the grace of your Heavenly Father. It's there at that cross where the strength of Jesus was all dried up that you find strength. It's there in that hopeless situation that you find hope. It's there as Jesus suffers and feels the wrath of his heavenly Father for you, that you find peace. 
and you find forgiveness, and in that death to find life. Friends, it's in that death of Jesus that we are assured that there is no hopeless situation you can ever find yourself in where God is not there. That as you walk through the valley of the shadow of death through this life, your Savior Jesus has already gone through it for you so that he can carry you no matter what you're going through. That he knows what you are experiencing because he's been there first for you. And that he is there to comfort you in those times to assure you that you have a God of hope. That you have a God of peace. That you have a God who can bring life out of death. Hope out of hopelessness. Joy out of sadness. Joy out of grief. And dear friends, your God comes to you and he assures you that this is yours. When your hope feels like it's gone, when you are ready to give up, your God of hope comes says, and I will carry you. Let me be your hope. Look back to my cross and there see death paid for. There see every sin crucified for so that you can have peace and hope and life. And to know that was not the end. But as we long to celebrate Easter in these days of Lent, that Jesus did not stay dead, but that he rose victoriously from that tomb to assure us that he is the resurrection and the life. That even though we might die, that whoever believes in him will never die, but has the promise of eternal life and eternal hope forever. Friends, you see, in both life and in death, Christ is our sure hope. That no matter what this life can throw at us, no matter how dim, no matter how hopeless it might seem, that even death itself cannot separate us from the love of God. That cannot take away that promise of eternal life with him. Dear friends, in the most hopeless situations, in sickness, in financial struggles, even in death itself, you have the victory of Jesus. You have the promise of a living hope in Christ. And friends, this is yours. And it doesn't come to you in visions like it did for Ezekiel. It doesn't come by just wishing for it. It comes through certainty of the means of grace. Right? This gospel in word and sacrament where the Holy Spirit comes and he gives us hope and he gives us faith and he gives us that strength and that forgiveness and that peace of Christ. Right In that sacrament of baptism where you were taken from certain death, spiritual death, and you were given spiritual life. As that water was splashed on your forehead and those words were spoken that you were baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you were brought from death to life. Right? In that means of grace, you have peace and you have hope and you have forgiveness and you have new life with Christ. You were revived and brought into God's family, into his eternal family. Your friends, every time you receive the supper, and you hear those words given for you, shed for you, for the forgiveness of your sins, your hope is increased. You are given the promise that 
you have death over life, that you have forgiveness in every sin, and that there's nothing that can separate you from your God. And dear friends, every time that you come into God's word and you hear that message of the gospel, of what Christ has done for you that is already completed, finished at that cross and sealed at that empty tomb, your hope for the hopeless situations of this life is brought to life. As you see your Savior take your place, as you see that it's not about what you do for God, but what about he, all about what he has done for you through Christ, and there in him you find hope and you find life and you find peace. Dear friends, this past Monday, my aunt and my cousins had to make that very difficult decision to take my uncle off of life support when those doctors told him that there was no more hope. But they made that decision to remove him from life support, not without any hope. Instead, they could make that decision with hope. And not the hope that by some chance he might survive after he was taken off of life support. But they made that decision with hope because they knew that my uncle had been brought from spiritual death to spiritual life in his baptism when he was just a couple of weeks old. And that throughout his life, that Holy Spirit, through those means of grace, had strengthened him and kept him in that faith in Jesus Christ as his Savior. That for him, that promise that Jesus was his resurrection and his life, and that even though he would have to face a physical death, because he believed in Jesus, that meant life for him. Right? My, my aunt and my cousins, they do not grieve like the rest of the world grieves at the death of my uncle. Instead, they grieve with hope because they know where he is right now. They know that he has received the inheritance that Jesus prepared for him. They know that he is with his Savior forever. And so they grieve but they grieve with the hope of eternal life in Jesus Christ. This past Sunday morning, as my sister-in-law was called by the doctor to come say goodbye to my brother, they didn't know if he was going to make it. The Lord had other things in store. Uh, very soon after that, he started to get better. Uh, his oxygen uh, began to decrease, meaning that, that he was starting to breathe on his own a little bit more. Uh, and this week, this past week, has been filled with ups and downs with his health, and, and he certainly has a long way to go. But, but as of right now, the Lord still has him here. And so we still have hope. And not necessarily the hope that God is going to help him pull through this, Certainly, we are praying that God does so that he can have more time with us and with his family. But whatever the Lord would decide, be it to extend his life on this earth or to bring him to himself, we still have hope. But our hope is not in the doctors and our hope is not in the medicines. Our, our hope is not in those machines that are doing his breathing right now. 
Instead, our hope is in the fact that his hope is in Christ. That Christ is his righteousness. And that Christ is his peace. And that Christ is his joy. And that Christ is his all. That no matter what the Lord might decide, we can have hope in this uncertainty. In what is still unknown. That God can bring hope into hopeless situations. And friends, you, you have these situations too. That whatever you've gone through, whatever you are going through right now, if it's trying to protect your, you and your family from this virus in our, in our world right now, or if it's facing a financial difficulty, or if it's dealing with the death of a loved one, or if it's dealing with your own health issues, whatever it might be that is causing you to lose hope, whatever it is that's causing you to feel like your bones are dried up and that your strength is gone, continue to look to the one who alone can give you hope. Can these dry bones live? Friends, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, so is the word of the Lord that goes from his mouth. It never returns from him empty, but always accomplishes the purposes for which he sends it. Continue to go to those means of grace. Continue to go to that word of God, that gospel that promises you hope in hopeless situations, in peace in times of distress, in life where there feels like there's nothing but death. Can these bo dry bones live? Sovereign Lord, only you know. And by God's grace, so do we.